It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Hello everybody and welcome to another wonderful episode of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan and with me as always is my co-host, the co-host with the most ghosts is Jules. Hey Jules. <laughs> Was that sort of a Halloween-y reference? No, ghost is slang for butt. What? Yeah, I'm you're the... the one with the most butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, I know about that. Oh, I don't know I mean, about that. Have you seen that. this list? This tight little turnip that I got over here is nothing but that donk. The field of turnips. <laughs> Past turnip. The that's what the girls' noses do when they see it. Hey. <laughs> that's usually because of the farty smells. I think <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. Okay, Jules, well, listeners, you didn't. On? didn't Jules, what's ha- <laughs> people didn't tune in to hear us talk about our butts. That's that's our other show, TV yeah. Buttwag. Okay, <clears throat> what's going on? I don't have a lot of exciting news this week. Um, there wasn't wasn't much. Uh, most of the talk around the traps is the new series that have been are now getting into their second and third episodes, um, and. Of course, we've had the return of The Walking Dead, which has smashed all sorts of viewer records. Like 20 million people watched the part of the first episode. So, yeah. you know, zombies are not going anywhere soon, <clears throat> which will be good news because they are doing a... I don't know if spin-off series is the right word, but they're from the creators of The Walking Dead comes another series about zombies. Yeah. Uh, so... They probably now taking place in the same universe. Y- right? Yes, yes, but unconnected yeah. to our current. Uh, I think band this one's called survivors. the. Wa- is it now? Is it me or is it called the Walking Moneymaker? Yeah, I think that that is that might it. The be Walking it. Bag yes. of Cash is that what they called it? Yes, season one. Uh-huh. Kaching, kaching. <laughs> <laughs> the kachinging dead. Yes, uh, yeah. but you know, well, good on them. Ride this, ride this puppy until. Um, it becomes a zombie, obviously. Uh, and so, yes, there have been... I don't think there's there's been one sitcom thing cancelled so far, but I don't think any of the new high-profile shows have been cancelled yet, and we'll be talking about some of those, like The Flash and uh, Gotham, in weeks to come, because we like to give things a fair go and watch three or four episodes at least, unless it's Scorpion, which we reviewed last week, which we hope, after Ryan's rant, no one will ever look at. We only, I hope not. I hope we are, that we've done our D. We, we, we need, take one for the team. We only needed one episode to know that that was a steaming pile of shit. Um, yeah. And I know, not of interest to you, Ryan, but we are coming up on the last few episodes of Sons of Anarchy so far in this season. Basically, half the population in Northern California has been killed, so the yeah, bloodbath has barely what I've started. Heard. <laughs> I get the uh, the backlash from my wife. Oh my god, they killed so and so! I can't believe it. Can you believe that they killed so and so? And I say, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Okay. Um, couple of new things there. Um, in the ever expanding way of delivering television to us, HBO have talked about having a new streaming service, which sounds like it'll be a. Um, a lean version of HBO Go, so cheaper, obviously, probably only having uh, 
not not having back uh, catalogue, but just the current uh, shows that are airing. So more and more ways to watch your telly. Uh, yeah, they they'd partnered <coughs> up with Amazon. Amazon paid a lot of money Amazon Prime to have those HBO shows. Yes, so um, the, it's interesting. They've already got so in addition to HBO, there's HBO Go, which is their own service, and then there's all the back catalogue they sold to Amazon Prime, and now they're talking about another streaming service so i think they're trying to get you know they're segmenting the the market so that you know if you you just want to pay whatever it'll be for the current shows that are on you'll be able to do that so i think um we'll see more and more of that around um i think it's smart (coughs) that they might be shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to cable and satellite providers they may get pissed off about that i you know Yes. I I don't know. I I have a feeling HBO will be pairing with Amazon to deliver these instead of delivering it themselves Mm. through their own service. Although, in all intents and purposes, they could just have an HBO, like a Netflix, and and just charge on their own and and do it all themselves. That would be smart, cutting out any middlemen. However, HBO has always thrived as having middlemen, and that's where they got to where they are. Yeah. Where they continue to be. So... I, it wouldn't surprise me if they still used Amazon uh, as, as the middleman between the viewers. System. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. But you know what? It's somebody to take care of all the headaches, and yeah. Amazon's a good place to go for that. So, Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, from our point of view, um, the more uh, uh, ways you can access TV, the better. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm 100% okay with that. Uh, unless you live in Australia, where we have access to none of these things. Right. Um, so I actually don't watch any television and all my reviews are based on the recaps on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> not true. Uh, the other You're in- far more accurate than that. <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting news show that was mentioned, Greg Belanti, who's a bit of one of, one of the success stories around TV at the moment, particularly uh, Ash, uh, Ash, Arrow and The Flash, uh, teaming up with Fox, I think it is, to do a live TV version of the Archie comics called Riverdale. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. Uh, and he's got the, one of the comic writers working with him. So um, uh, something very different than what he's doing at the moment. Um, he makes good television. So yeah. I would uh, be excited to see what comes out of that. Not, I mean, I haven't read Archie comics since I was a kid, but just... The concept sounds. He's going to put a bit of a twist on it, and um, why not? Yeah, I wonder if Archie is not antiquated for this day and age. Well, if you notice, one of the recent uh, editions of uh, Archie featured uh, the gang meeting Predator. So, I think uh, since maybe since you and I read it, it has um, it has somewhat moved into the twenty first century. Sorry, did they mean a sexual predator? No, no, the actual predator from the Oh, movies. from the nineteen eighties movie? Yes. Well that's timely. <laughs> but I think it suggests that the Archie comics have uh, have moved into a different realm than uh... Yeah, nineteen eighties. <laughs> wow, okay, nineteen eighties. Hopefully next they meet Rambo. That'll be exciting <laughs> for the kids. For Jughead and Reggie. <laughs> Um, I, I used to love Archie comics as a as a young teen. I thought they were the greatest, but I don't know if kids nowadays if they relate to kids nowadays. I don't know if it's kids nowadays they're aimed at. 
kids with their their sex and their texting and their murder. <laughs> yes. That that's a that's a line from a show I watch. I think. Never um, heard of it. I think I just made it up. A show that celebrated its uh, had a big party to celebrate its two hundred oh, upcoming two hundredth episode. S- and still you were, recovering. You went still all Hollywood recovering. on it, Ryan. You were looking very you know, schmick on the red yeah. carpet. Oh my god, that is a racist term. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> thank you, though. Um, we lo- we did look smashing. My wife and I. I do I do have to t- say that. Um, everyone looked amazing. It was so cool to see people that you only see usually in rain gear and soaking wet <laughs> to see them in their ball gowns and uh, tuxedos was a really cool affair. Uh, met lots of very interesting folk and uh, met uh, briefly introduced myself to Ben Edlin, the writer, and I Ooh. said uh, I was really looking forward to his episodes on Gotham. He said he's doing two episodes on Gotham this season. Yes, I think his and, first one uh, is number six, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, introduced myself to Eric Kripke, the creator of Supernatural and Revolution, and said, sorry about Revolution, but also congratulations, because you did two seasons, that's pretty awesome. And asked him what he was up to now, and he said he didn't know. And I asked him if he was going to come back to Supernatural, and he said, no, that's not his anymore. Yeah, I think he's, yes. Bob and Jeremy, so. Yeah, so that's cool, and he was, he was really happy to be there, because he, he wasn't there for the 100th party. Yeah, so uh, at the time, his wife said, don't worry, you can go to the 200th. And he said, well, that's never going to happen. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never say never, so yeah. maybe 300. Yeah. And an amazing Impala cake. Very cool cake with headlights and everything. Um, ask me how it tasted. How did it taste, Ryan? No idea, because I didn't eat any food <laughs> the whole night. All I did was drink copious amounts of liquor. <laughs> Back and liquor and... Uh, yeah, had a really good uh, drunk that night, actually. Many people did, although nobody was over the top. Nobody was falling down or be sick that I saw, so that's nice. <laughs> Not until sometime <laughs> early hours of the morning on Granville Street, probably. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we've got the uh, 200th episode actually coming up in a couple of weeks on Supernatural, so we may even have to mention that on the show. Absolutely, we will. Yeah, it's a great episode, too. I can't wait. And a huge milestone. There are very few shows that aren't called Law and Order that get to 200 episodes. So mm-hmm. um, yep. it's fantastic. So fantastic. we're going to talk about two shows this week that haven't had 200 episodes. Um, one of them said 10 episodes and the other said 26 episodes. So young, new, fresh shows. We're going to talk Defiance and Happy Valley. What would you like to talk about first, Ryan? Let's talk about this series, Happy Valley, Jewel. Come through to me office and you can start at the beginning. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown-up children, one dead, one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. Talking speed bump city, the only thing that's pretty is the thought of getting out. It's a bit mad, isn't it? A date with your ex-husband. You're getting too old for this, Catherine, love. How would you like to make half a million pounds if you're talking about kidnapping? Please. You left abruptly. Everything all right? Yes. Yeah. Original British drama, Happy Valley, on BBC One. And that Happy Valley is a BBC, well, it's not BBC, it's a Netflix original series that was created in England in the style of a BBC show. It's about a middle-aged woman, or slightly older than middle-aged, like she's you. 40, like, she's like 47. Around, Oh, yeah, so she's, yeah, over the hill. Um, 
<laughs> a woman, a policewoman who, when we first meet her, she's talking a guy into not killing himself. And she's very, by the book, uh, or not by the book, but very dry and to the point. And she gets I wouldn't shit say a bitch, but Yeah, she's, she's, she's not a bitch, but she's very, you know, serious. She gets stuff done, absolutely. And that's sort of our introduction to her. And she, uh, there's a really interesting way that she's, and you'll see it in the first episode, but she's talking to this guy who's going to kill himself. And she sort of exposes all of her information to the guy as a way to introduce us to her but also you know put him at ease which yeah. i thought was kind of a, a clever a, way of getting that out of the way yes i um so they use this uh, mechanism a couple of times to give us uh catherine k with the character's backstory which is important to where sorry my dog's dog's <laughs> getting excited because she really loved the show um, to be fair your dog's name is catherine k Wood, so that makes it awkward yes. <laughs> um so we we pick up She's our, our main point of view character, and yeah, she's a sergeant in this this small, slightly idyllic-looking, bucolic English ta- small, very small town. Um, the sort of place that you know the rest of the world creams themselves over and thinks it's very midsummer murders-looking, uh, a bit more urban than that. But you know, it doesn't look like the place where bad things happen. Um, well, unless unless the bad things is from the other zombie movie that we or TV show that we did. Yes. <laughs> um, what was that one called? Uh, in the flesh. <laughs> right, similar similar sort of town. S- similar setting. So it's somewhere in yeah. in the Midlands, and um, and it's called Happy Valley. Of course, it's not a Happy Valley, uh, as as we very soon find out. It's it's um, a, a small town rife with uh, with poverty and drug problems. Uh, and and she's the the sergeant in the police station who's looking after this. Um, it's hard to talk more about the plot without giving away a lot of uh, what happens. What did you think of Happy Valley? I fell in love with it. You need to get past the first episode. The first episode is a little bit slow, and you're like, well, I see where this is going, but I'm not. No, you don't see where it's going. No. <laughs> I promise you, you do not see where it's going. Um, one of the the main things uh, the, the, about the show, uh, or the main premise of the show, is that Catherine is raising her grandson Ryan, whom we find out. I don't think this is a spoiler, no, do no. you? No, no, because they uh, tell the, the the it's not a mystery. This it's right. not a they, mystery they talk about, about what happened, it. So uh, Ryan is the her grandson. Uh, her daughter was raped and got pregnant, and. After the kid was born, she couldn't cope with this being raped, and she committed suicide, and essentially left her mom with this kid that nobody wanted, to a point where Catherine's husband couldn't take it anymore, didn't want to be around the kid because it was a reminder of his daughter who killed herself and the horrible things that happened, and they ended up leaving, and it you know broke up their marriage, even though Catherine and, and her husband were still quite in love. He just couldn't be around yeah. the kid because of this. So, and I think that um, uh, on a, I suppose it's one of the subplots. So, I think their relationship is fascinating because they are two people, even though he's remarried, uh, who still yes. have this very close and totally. I mean, it's uh, even though he left, which you know you can see is this horrible thing. Uh, there's still a lot of affection between them, uh, love between them. But there's this sticking point that he cannot bear to, to right. see this yeah. this child. Yeah, they, they didn't fall out of love, that's for sure. Yes, yeah, and I think that's a rare 
thing on, you know, to show that complexity of um, how a relationship can go uh, when something as tragic and, and unexpected as, you know, finding your daughter having committed suicide um, happens. Um, yeah. It's very... It's very like Fargo, this show. It re- uh, the first thing that popped into my mind when I was about up to episode four was it's a bit like an American version of Fargo, which we reviewed. Um, wow. Uh, what? <laughs> really? Ugh. Well, in a way... Why? Why? Well, probably what, what I was the... particularly prompted because one of the main plots mirrors almost exactly the plot of the film Fargo. And when you think about it, even when we look at the, the recent TV show, uh, it, it has sort of the, the person who sets a lot of the um, the things in motion that impact on everyone in, in this series is this guy who's, you know, he's the meek, mild-mannered accountant who's frustrated, uh, you know, because uh, of, of some backstory around the business he works for and he wants a raise and his boss won't give him a raise even though this guy thinks... He's, you know, that oh, he right. deserves yeah. it. And so he, he sets in in motion a crime uh, in order to get some money that has these unforeseen consequences. Uh, it it right. certainly parallels probably the movie plot more than the, um, the TV show, but it's still about uh, the sort of guy that you would never think would get involved in a crime, same as we saw with the Martin Freeman character in, in Fargo, the TV show. True. Uh, yeah. You know, his 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 rage at, you know, the sort of person he is, seeing the world against him, uh, and and his own inability to come up with solutions for his life, um, he, you know, ends up having a whole ramification, a whole flow-on effect through the whole town. Um, True. I, maybe that's just me but it's also it is set in a small town like Fargo it does have a female cop who's the the main protagonist in it who's dealing with her own you know sort of family issues it's totally different in tone and it makes Fargo look like a light comedy Um, yes Yes. (laughs) this show and Fargo the series and and the movie had that Coen brother-esque it was dark, but there was also a dark humour in it. So at the same time as, you know, the Billy Bob Thornton character was, was killing people, there was often some sort of twisted humour in the extreme way or the absurd way things were presented. This is a very English, very gritty, very real, real inverted commas, life. Uh, there is no, hu- you know, it's very little humour in this. Um, although there's... There's great affection for the characters, I think, from the writers. And, and, and the main character, I think, Catherine Kaywood, is, she's just a wonderful creation, isn't she? Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. So flawed and, and so, you know, filled with self... No, I wouldn't say self-doubt, but um, with... I mean, you just... Your heart breaks for her because her life is ruined, essentially. She was a detective uh, and doing very well in her career, and this happened, and she had to give... She had to give up her career and step down to be sergeant. Uh, she loses, loses her husband. Um, her sister moves in with her. They essentially become old spinsters together, <laughs> and raising sister, this little boy. Her sister's a recovering her her- heroin addict. <laughs> right, of course. Um, her so, grandson's got all. The, uh, is starting to. He acts out a lot. Is acting out a lot at school, and and you know she's somehow fearful of you know what of his, you know his father. Um, the rapist has he has he yeah. inherited um 
but there, you know, there's a lot. She's not just downtrodden. She's excellent at her job. She's there's right. a, a few moments of humour with some of her colleagues. Um, yes. Uh, you know, she knows this town back to front. Uh, she has a big picture view. One of her frustrations, and I really like this, is she's dealing day to day with the impact of all the drugs um, in this in this small town. And is yeah. frustrated because every time the drug squad from the larger county comes in, you know, they sort of take over. She never gets to contribute or to help push the fact that she sees that this is a systematic problem. Arresting one guy or a minor dealer isn't going to solve things, that they need to attack this, you know, on a broader scale. Uh, yet she's got limited, you know, authority to do this. And given it's not an American show, she doesn't, you know, go in guns blazing to bring down the local, uh, you know, drug cartel. <laughs> and she also doesn't deputize any time travelers either. Which no. <laughs> strange. That's <laughs> pretty common in American cop shows. Um, what brilliant, brilliant writing this show is. Oh. I mean, it, it must have been in the works for years before it went to production. I can only imagine the main writer of this, spending years writing it. Well, it's interesting. I, I immediately went... Uh, her name's Sally uh, Wainwright. She created it, directed it, and she uh, created it, wrote it, and directed half the episodes. So wow. um, <laughs> I've immediately gone to look up everything else she's ever done, and I'll be watching them. Um, because Is there anything we would recognise? No, there's nothing I'd heard of. There's two main other series that... Um, uh, that she's written, and neither of them were ones that um, that I'd heard of. So they were uh, similarly older or newer. Oh, they're all quite recent. Um, okay. There was one in two thousand and nine called Unforgiven, and another one called Last Tango in Halifax. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, I'd I'd not heard of, and they've, they've both been various award winning shows. Um, she did. Um, she did write for Coronation Street back in the day. Oh, and she did oh. write actually the one we we have heard of, um, Scott and Bailey. Have you watched that? Mm, no. Oh, okay. So Scott and Bailey is uh, certainly a much lighter, more more procedural, but it's it's uh, it's about two two women who are uh, police detectives. Uh, so it follows both their professional and their their personal lives. Very good series. Um, oh, okay. So that would be, and I think that's shown, certainly it's shown in the US, I think. But, um, you know, she's not, that was the only thing I, I had seen. Um, but, yeah, the writing in this of all the characters, and it does surprising things. You just, episode to episode, don't you? You just, it, oh, yeah. not, not just yeah. in the plot, but also in the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, casting is incredible. I mean, the casting couldn't have been more perfect, I don't think, for any of these characters. Um, you know, you hate everyone just a little bit, <laughs> uh, even our, our hero. Um, we we sat down and watched it, actually, the day after that party. It was Sunday. We were we just hung out in bed and watched the whole thing back to back for six hours. <gasps> oh, my um, God. It's so uh, intense. I mean, we couldn't... It is, it is. I mean, it's one of the few shows in recent memory. And dear listeners, if you listen to our podcast, you know Ryan and I watch a lot of intense shows. This is one of the few where there are a couple of times where I had to turn, pause it or turn it off and walk away because it, I yeah. just found it um, emotionally confronting, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, and there's a couple of things uh, that happen, and the emotional reaction to them is it's 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 brutal in a way that you know, for someone who watches a lot of brutal television, yeah. um, and I think it's because it is very. These are mundane little town. It's you know her life, uh, although it's you know it's had some tragedies that luckily most of us don't live through. Uh, you know the main character is a very ordinary person, um, yeah. and they're ordinary characters, and um, it feels very real. Yeah, you could see these people in real life very very simply. Um, I mean, she's a hero. I think she's an ordinary person, but she's also a hero. Oh, I mean, her, she's given her, her life over to raising this young boy that no one wants. And, and in her job, you know, she is absolutely fearless. Yeah. Uh, there are times when um, you, uh, both her and some of the other characters, but particularly her, you know, she wades into physical situations, um, uh, you know, with a fearlessness because, you know, and she does want to do what's right. You know, there's a couple of minor things that come up where, you know, there's other police higher above her suggesting some bending of the rules for a local politician, right. as we often see, and and right. she can't come at that, you know. Uh, no. Not that she's averse to rule bending per se, because we see her do it, but just because someone's important or just, you know, not, not in the furtherance of solving a crime, but just to go soft on some politician, she's she's not into that. She is right. also that rare creature on television of a, a woman, you know, the character's 47 years old, and she looks like she's been a cop all her life and she's 47 right. years old. <laughs> yeah. And I love how her and her sister look almost identical. Oh, they, they look like sisters they, they so much. They look like sisters. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, I had a hard time telling them apart, to be quite honest with you, a few times. <laughs> I was like, no, it was just the... Or is that the... Anyways. Yeah. Um, really good. Really, really amazing. Um, I, you know, it wins all the awards in my book for writing... You know, if you compare this to the other English police drama that we reviewed, uh, which was what? Uh, with uh, with Julian Anderson. Oh, The Fall. The Fall. Right, The Fall, yeah. Um, to me, this blows that out of the water just, just because of the in- intricacies of the writing. Yes, yes. And, and, and uh, different genre in a way. The Fall is more mm. your... Even though we... We both really enjoyed it, but it is more your standard, yeah. uh, you know, serial killer miniseries type show. And even though Gillian Anderson's character really was what lifted that above, you know, the norm of of that genre, yeah. this is in a whole, uh, you know, different stratosphere. Um, right. You know, this is up there with something like True Detective or, or Fargo. This is really mm-hmm. the sort of stuff that you watch and go, "This is why I watch television." Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You've nailed it. And in six episodes, no less. I mean... It's incredible. I mean, I I'm, I'm actually haven't finished it yet because I, I had to stop again last Oh, time. you don't know how it no, ends. No, no. So don't spoil me. Oh, it ends. Uh, it ends don't, really don't. How far did you get? I'm halfway through episode five. Um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah. again, I needed a... Have they got to the boat yet? No. Oh. Okay. Don't! Shut up! Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, no, really fantastic. And for six episodes, anyone who's just, you know, 
in between shows or, or wanting some entertainment on a Sunday, you know, a rainy Sunday afternoon, this is perfect for that. You know, sit down and put on two or three episodes and you'll be you'll be hooked. Oh, if you're yeah. not hooked by the end of the second episode, uh, then there's something wrong with you. And it's funny because I had I knew nothing about this, and I went, yeah. went in. Thinking, I think we called it a comedy uh, when we first. <laughs> well, it's called about Happy it. Valley. Um, yeah, I think I got, certainly not happy. I think I got it confused with Happy Land or something. But um, yeah. I yeah. thought it was going to be a, a you know the British make good cop shows, and I was expecting you know sure. maybe a you know this the twist on this was it was you know a middle aged woman in a small country town rather than the usual middle aged man. Um, right. It's so much more than that. It, it, <laughs> it really is uh, gets you on so many levels, and as you said, like the character writing in this does you know it's novel level. It does feel like something that's taken years to write because it's that good and every interaction yeah. is that good there are no yeah. there are subplots but none of them detract from the main drive of, of the central crime that drives things um, yeah. there are it's interesting for something which you know has this terrible crime at the center of it that never feels exploitative and in fact Although it's a horrible thing that happens to this young woman, it's it's not played for you know voyeuristic value. Uh, they show you just enough to make you realise how horrific it is, but it you know what it lingers more on are the emotions of the people around, like the main character and the young woman's family, and it's yeah. Um, it is violent. There are uh, not, but not overall. I mean, there are a couple of, and one in episode three, oh, one particular thing which is possibly the most disturbing thing I've seen on television in a long time, um, and it is just done so so well. The direction, as I said, uh, the creator and writer actually directed a couple of the episodes is also fantastic. It uh, it looks yeah. amazing. You know, I, I, you hear people talk about the quote-unquote trigger warnings, and I, I would say that, that that applies to this show as well for anyone who has a hard time watching sexual abuse or um, or <laughs> women getting beat up. I would suggest that if that's something that triggers some bad shit for you, it's probably not the show for you. And, I mean, it should horrify anyone, however. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I, I found I had, to, yeah. I had to pause it and walk away a couple of times because it really, you know, compared to all the shit I watch on Walking Dead or Sons of Anarchy or anything else. <laughs> Hannibal. 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 You know, that's cartoonish compared to this. This, this felt very real and visceral it yeah. didn't give me any space to go oh yes this is made up this right this, <laughs> this felt like it could happen to me tomorrow night sort of thing so <laughs> god i hope not <laughs> well i hope not too but that's how that you know and i'm, I'm I suppose i'm trying to say you know from someone who has a an extraordinary you know i think my tolerance for horribleness is higher than yours but this really right this really and that's probably because you know the you know, the main character is a woman of my own age, so you know, not not that I'm anywhere near as brave as her. No, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, definitely not. So <laughs> I'd highly recommend this. I really think if you want to, and I think there's something. It's interesting, I suppose, coming back to my comparison with Fargo, which I adored. I right. I, I think this is really interesting to see the way a similar 
you know, I think they're in the same sort of genre, but this is a, it's almost like how you can tell a similar story totally differently. Uh, almost like taking the, if you, if you describe the plot of Fargo in two sentences and the plot of this, they're very similar, but uh, and it's easy to say, oh, it's because it's English, but, and that's certainly part, very much part of it, but it's certainly in the style of storytelling and writing as well. And I love to see, again, the English police uh, procedural, uh, you know, seeing them go through their actions of being police officers, their uniform and all their kit and their gear and their little detachment and, you know, all that stuff I think is, is really cute. Yeah, no one's no one's pulling guns, you know, like, you know... Uh, no one has a gun. I don't remember seeing the police having a gun through the no, whole No, she... Um, uh, Catherine Kaywood does a hell of a lot with her baton i tell you she's bloody got yeah. ninja ninja skills yeah. with her baton but that makes it all the much yeah. more brutal too yeah. uh, people yeah. aren't standing 20 meters away and shooting at someone people are up close no. and in your face and smashing you into a wall um talk about bravery yeah yeah so yeah. watch it um yeah it's, it's on netflix um uh, it's a Netflix original, so I can't imagine it's it's not in some countries. It should be on, it should on be most a, of them. It should be everywhere. Uh, six episodes. Uh, I do hear it's been renewed for another season. That'll, oh, that'll be interesting. Now, Ooh, I don't know how, you do? know, I haven't heard anything about it, whether it'll yeah. be the same characters or whatever, but it's certainly been yeah. renewed. So, Yeah, it definitely makes the top ten list of the year, I think, yeah. for me. Me too. Okay. Here's a, let's move on to a show that... I don't know if it's on my top 10 list, but it's on a list, and that show <laughs> is called Defiance. We live in a unique place, a new world. Is this St. Louis? Once. This town is worth fighting for. You lack respect. They're planning to attack right after dark. Is it going to be pointless bloodshed, or are we going to work out our differences together? Defiance premieres Monday, April 15th at 9, only on Sci-Fi. Imagine greater. What a, which list is it on for you, Ryan? It's on the list of current Sci-Fi TV shows that are on air. Right. Number one on that list. <laughs> that's, that's a very non-commissial <laughs> list, Ryan. Well, that's pretty committed. They're all science fiction. <laughs> um, so uh, Defiance is a, is a very original series on sci-fi channel and part of its originality is it's also a video game and it's got an online massive multiplayer rpg style video game that corresponds with the television show that you're watching um the premise is it takes place i don't know 50 years in the future aliens have come to earth and they've had these spaceships crashing which has caused this new earth um this sort of terraformed the earth with a bunch of alien species and plant life and um and changed the earth so all most major cities have been destroyed defiance is a town that used to be st louis in the united states uh you can tell because they have the st louis arch <laughs> That's about the only thing. <laughs> a- yeah, that's really the only thing. And they call it Defiance. The video game takes place in what was San Francisco at the time. Uh, and I haven't played the video game, Jules, have you? No, no. I only know that it was uh, a big- It is free to play PC, Xbox, and, and uh, PlayStation. You can download and play for free. Um, I probably will never get around to it. 
Uh, I originally started watching the first series, which is now moving on to... They've got renewed for season three, so yep. they will be coming back. I uh, started watching it a couple of years ago and, and just watched the first episode, or half of the first episode, and said, yeah, cool, I'll come back to it. So we came back to it now, and, you know, i got to tell you, for science fiction, it's good. I mean, it's it's a decent show. It reminds me of, you know, if you watch um, Next Generation or, or more recently uh, Stargate, when they go to visit one of those towns. Yeah. You know, they'll take a Stargate to one of those towns as a civilization. It's like that. It's like you never leave that civilization and you're living in this little uh, this little settlement town. Um, the whole premise is a, a, a bit of a lone wolf gunslinger style guy with his alien daughter show up at Defiance. Yes, and Australian Grant Bowler, another graduate of our... Is that his name? Yes, another graduate of our local soap opera uh, circuit here. <laughs> and he's fantastic. He's very manly and macho and awesome and cool. Very roguish. Yes, but he's adopted this uh, young alien woman Arisa and 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 their relationship is something I really enjoy because they do yes. they do have this sort of and she's I don't know how aliens age but she's obviously meant to be in her late teens early 20s or yeah. something yeah. um and I love their relationship because it is a father daughter relationship but they're both adults um so there's a lot of the you know tussle between yeah, it's them paternal. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but um you know she's you know, she she's got Moxie, this alien. <laughs> so. Yeah, she's very cool. Yeah, she's badass. Uh, yes, and they uh, they turn up in the town of Defiance, and by one means or another, he sort of ends up as the sheriff, if you like. Right. Well, he's got the badge and everything, and he deputizes her, and he's got a small team of of people that work for him. Um, and then the show just sort of moves on. It's about the town. It's about the city, the city council. It's about the rich people in the town, the poor people, and crime, and and and, and the interaction all those sort of between the sort of the alien the alien races um, and uh, the humans. Right. Uh, and there's some amazing. I, I mean, talk about amazing special effects makeup. Oh. Right. It's just the aliens are just so magnificent. They look um, just so cool and original and unique and different. Um, they have these big, tall orangutan kind of people that walk around that are you know big hairy ape mean people. They have these uh, people that are crazy steroid people that <laughs> their whole like necks are just big huge muscle and they're giants and. Um, the really creepy doctor, the really cool doctor. Oh that's yeah, with a like the hexagons, everyone. Yeah, all but, over. Her. And then there's the main, it, yeah, the one of the main families is is the Tars, uh, Starmer and Detect Tar, and who are all sort of white with white hair and creepy eyes, uh, who nude up a lot. Uh, they're always yes. in the family <laughs> bath. <laughs> Not totally, but close. not totally, but yeah. Um, uh, the wonderful, wonderful Jamie Murray plays Starmer, who's the wife. And um, in fact, in s so have you watched any of season two? No, I've only got through about se uh, episode five of season one. Okay, so in season in season two, certainly their their family comes to the fore, and her her character takes on a, an even b a bigger role. And there's a lot. Um, she she does an amazing job, and their son. Um, and they come from this very, very patriarchal uh, society, and uh, their son, who's uh, he, he's a bit weak as piss, and he, 
<laughs> not not worthy to be inheriting anything. And and to make matters worse, he hooks up with a local uh, human, um, who's uh, the son or uh, the daughter of the very rich uh, mine owner, who's played by. Um, Canadian actor, First Nations actor uh-huh. Graham Green, who right. is one of those people that, you know, he's that guy. So you'll know yeah. him as soon as you see him because you've seen him yeah. on lots of stuff. And he's always amazing. I love him. Yeah. Uh, so okay. we have the sort of, it's not really a Romeo and Juliet thing, but, you know, there's the clash of, of the cultures because their their kids come together. Um, but yeah, it's it's a western in a way because it is sort of feels yeah. like it's in that this sort of frontier town. Um, a lot of the technology and stuff has been lost for reasons. Um, and yeah. So you know things like mining and, and the trading is very different. Uh, in season two, we get to get a bit more of a sense of there's uh, the human government, central government in. Uh, I think it's, in, it's based in New York, is reforming. And so they start to have a bit more of a um, wanting to put their two cents worth in to this town. And the mayor in season two uh, is uh, Julie Benz's character, um, who I love. Same with season one. Oh, yeah, same with season one. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I forgot. It's her sister that um, is around who uh, moves on. Um, but right. some some really interesting characters. Um, my one complaint would be uh, I've found it a bit slow in parts, and I think that's why I've... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I think in season one I was waiting for something big to happen, which sort of does towards yeah. the end of the season. Um, but then season two, I... As interesting as it is, I found it a little um, a little slow uh, for me. And I did want a bit more... Um, well, I don't know what I wanted a bit more of. Uh, but I did find myself sort of putting off watching it week to week. So I'm now, you know, about five episodes behind. Uh, but def- right. you know, definitely worth watching. Definitely enjoyable. We don't have enough good sci-fi on, on telly these days. We have very little of it, really. Um you know, everything's either fantasy or horror, so it's good to see something that is more sci-fi, or that this has a bit of fantasy stuff in it too, I suppose. Um, one of the things it reminds me of was the the Ty Olson show that, yes, uh, that he did the pilot. Yep, very much like Borealis. In fact, they came out at the same time, and I think sci-fi went with this instead of Borealis. I think they were sort of up against each other. Um, although this that may not be true, I, I could have just made that. I think you up. made that up. Um, but they are very, very but, similar. Yeah, very similar. They're both very good. I mean, I, I really like... lived. Yeah, it might have been the uh, that other show Sci-Fi did instead of this one. Um, but uh, very good. You know, it, it has tinges of of Firefly, just you know, little slightly Western style. Yeah, to look, it. Firefly, um, Farscape, Babylon Five. You know, it comes out of all those. Uh, Absolutely, and as you yeah. said, Stargate as well. It's just that this is set yeah. in one town rather than than many. Um, I think it tells its stories well. I like the fact that it uh, it takes its time for you to find out the backstory, both of characters and what happened, why the Earth is like this. There's not you find out more as time goes on and there's not just one exposition dump and there's been, you know, a number of effects of these things. Maybe I did want things to move a bit more quickly. Uh, and it's certainly a um, serialised show rather than episodic. You know, you can't, you know, you can't dip in halfway through season two and watch one episode. 
Right. Um, and, and apparently it also, the game goes along. World events that happen in the game or happen in the show also happen in the game. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I could see things like them shipping people out of town, uh, you know, from from here into the game sort of thing and seeing that character cross over. Mm. Um, I believe that sort of stuff happens. Uh, what's interesting in the show is the monsters that come, the alien creatures that come to fight, uh, are very video game style. I mean, they almost look ludicrous on the show, but then when you start thinking of them in the video game land, they start to make yeah. make sense as to why they're big teeth, mouths with teeth and uh, crab claws. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an interesting concept They're very concept unique and different too, and fun. Yeah, to, have, yeah. Uh, to have the RPG running alongside it, if you like. I don't know how successful yeah. it's been. I don't haven't read anything about you know what the take up's been of it and whether people are playing and watching at the same time, which is which is yeah. obviously the uh, the intent of it. Um, I'm interested when I've got a free moment to go online and check it out. Yeah, it could be interesting, right? Um, I, I'm I'm not really interested in getting involved in a online multiplayer game right now it takes a lot of time it does it would have been you know it would have been cool to be able to jump in and play the game now i i think ideally it would be cool to have a game that was more almost city builder style yeah and then somehow that you know if they would put out a, a blu-ray set where you'd watch an episode and then you'd have to play a couple missions of the game and then you'd watch another episode and mm. stuff that happened in those missions were then in the next episode kind of thing would be kind of cool. I think um, you should talk to Sci-Fi, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Get stars on the phone. Get stars. We'll do the version for stars. <laughs> That's right. It'll be Borealis for stars. <gasps> I did love oh. Bore- Borealis, actually. I thought there I was, did too. Uh, I <laughs> thought it was a really good pilot and... Um, uh, good world building, and I was I was actually invested in the in the characters and the what was going on. Maybe because oh, it, yeah. it was also a little less um, sci-fi, if you like. It was actually in a future I could imagine. Uh, it was, yep. uh, and I think there's not a not many of those around at the moment. Well, ever. I like that. It's a genre of book I like reading is things that are set, you know, ten or twenty years in the future, but. I can see us ending up there. I think that that sort of what if futures uh, um, where you can see the impact of things like climate change and current politics on the world um, uh, uh, fascinate me. So, well, and for us, uh, you know, talking about who owns the Arctic is, yeah. is really something that's going to come to the forefront in the next few decades for sure because. Uh, you know, Canada likes to think that we own it. However, yeah. <laughs> if Russia decides no, we own it, and here's the missiles to prove it, you know, there's it's going to be an issue. So, something like Borealis was very interesting, and I can see. I, I mean, we're talking pretense; it should be past tense. But I could have seen so many directions it could have gone oh, as yeah. far as storytelling for for many seasons. So, oh. you know, you could you could you could almost write your own stories for it. So. Uh, so if somebody's interested, you could probably go watch Borealis online. Yes, um, you should. Just just because it's <laughs> even just as a TV movie, if you like, it, it holds up and you can then be sad about what could have been. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you like sci-fi, you know, I, I would I would assume that if you're a real sci-fi fan, you've probably already watched Defiance. What do you think? Uh, I would think so. Um, I, I, you know, because as I said, there's not really... Many of this 
I'm trying to think what else is on TV I would call sci-fi at the moment. Like truly sci-fi? I, I don't know. Like, well, I, I mean, um, uh, the um, Noah Wiley show, Falling Skies. Oh, Fall- sure, Falling Skies. Falling Skies, skies yeah. is probably, you know, we're talking aliens and giant robots, so that that's certainly sci-fi. Yeah. But they might be the yeah. only two. I'm trying to think of... Uh, there's no other shows with aliens on it. Um, there's, oh, there's Extant, the Halle Berry one, which was sort of sci-fi. Cause that was, Is that gone yet? Mm, I hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I don't think we're reviewing. Are we reviewing that? I don't know. I don't think so. I gave I up know. after about three episodes. Um, you made it further than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, more sci-fi. I still want more stuff on spaceships, please. Uh, there's been lots yeah. of talk of Netflix bringing back uh, Star Trek. And, um, uh, you know, in the absence of an original... New season of Enterprise? That'd be good. <laughs> um, I would like, you know, it doesn't have to be Star Trek, but stuff on spaceships. I love stuff on spaceships, people. Yeah. Okay, can we leave well, the vamp- be... vampires and were- werewolves alone for five minutes and give me yeah, some fucking no stuff on spaceships? Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's also one of the refreshing things about watching Defiance was, you know, seeing aliens and seeing alien technology and some cool, like, steampunk era stuff. Yeah. And some cool. Oh, look, the you look know, of um, it looks. They've done a great bit of world building. I mean, oh, it yeah, looks fantastic. Absolutely. The detail yeah. in it is, is amazing. As you said, uh, it's a masterclass in. Yeah. Um, in special effects makeup and and yeah. god love all those actors i don't know how long their days oh, must be sure. to fucking get all that on and off every day yeah. um yeah and it's done so well that you you don't feel you're watching someone in a rubber mask or that you know it doesn't take you long yeah. to just go oh yeah that's how they look um, so um visual effects is gary hutzel is the visual effects supervisor and he was the one that did uh, the visual effects for battlestar galactica oh well Right, that. so he knows his stuff. He he cut his teeth on. He he was a visual effects coordinator on Star Trek: Next Generation oh, wow. for many years, and then he went on to become a Star Trek: Deep Space Nine supervisor. Oh. So, and then Battlestar Galactica. And so, if you're gonna have a sci-fi guy, he's the guy to get. Um, all the space air, the spaceship stuff is amazing. Um, the landscapes are gorgeous. Uh, the vehicles are look fantastic. Um, the flora and fauna look really cool and interesting. Um, alien creatures look great. Um, the space tech, lasery tech stuff is yep. pretty cool. And it um, has that the creatures. Creatures I'm not crazy about. Yeah, now creatures are extremely hard to do and to do convincingly. But remi- remember, uh, this is, I keep remembering reminding myself they're video game. Creatures. Yeah. That's the why they look the way that they look. Yeah. They're from video and they games. do tend to use them sparingly. So, yeah. you know, they're not in everything. But, you know, the look of Defiance is fantastic. Think, um, yeah. uh, you know, it's almost got that, oh, I had to hark back, but, you know, the cantina in Star Wars feel to it. I mean, it's... Um, sort of, yeah. It, it, it's just... It, it feels lived in. Um, there's always shit going on in the background and, you know, it, it feels like a, a, a real town. Um, the performances are great. Uh, Tony Curran also, I mentioned Jamie Murray, Tony Curran plays uh, her husband, um, Graham Greene. 
uh, Julie Benz, I think, is is wonderful uh, as yeah. she's the the mayor, and um, she's yeah. got a lot to deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just to mention music, I wanted to mention about both sh- shows. So, um, Defiance is lucky enough to have Bear McCreary, who again talking Battlestar Galactica, Walking Dead. You know, he's yeah. the master of. Um, you know, TV soundtracks at the moment. Love his yeah. stuff. Um, Happy Valley. What did you think of the song over the opening credits? I thought it was weird. Yeah, it's got a real. And now I looked it up. It's um, it's an English singer or band, but it feels uh-huh. like bluegrass mu- music, doesn't it? It yeah. feels more like the opening yeah, of Justified or something rather than. Yeah. Um, and, and it's quite, it's quite bizarre. It just feels so yeah. out of sync. Um, not even if they wanted to do something sort of a counterpoint to the fact that it's not a happy valley, so they want a sort of happy song, right. you know, I would have thought at least something more English folky or something would have sat better because, yeah, it's just so the, the I immediately feel I'm in Tennessee, not in Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit strange, but I don't know. It's, uh, it was fine. It was, it's weird. Weird choice. I, I'm not sure why they went with that. Well, Jules, does that bring us to a wrap up of this episode? Oh, don't tell me we lost connection, Jules. No, we're still we're still going. Oh, there you are. Wow. Okay. I was just. Did you decide just to not talk? Or? Yeah, I was just. I was yeah. just uh, playing with you, dear listeners. Behind the scenes, you won't know this when you listen because it'll all be so seamless and smooth. Uh, we've had a few technical issues because Canada forgot to play, pay its internet bill. Um, but yeah. Ryan's put a few 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 loonies in the slot, and uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're back with working um, again. So, uh, Happy Valley and Defiance. There's some watching for you. Um, yeah, I would I would say that Happy Valley is on the must-watch list, and if you're a sci-fi fan, Defiance is on your must-watch list. If you if you don't care for sci-fi, you're not going to like that show and <laughs> no. <don't> watch it because <laughs> it is 100% sci-fi. Oh, like, yeah. it's not even borderline. It's it's full-on like Battlestar. No, I wouldn't call it sci-fi. Um, you know, even even uh, next generation or enterprise, you know, you could borderline it as not. Si- no, this right. is one hundred percent. Yeah, this, this is not like oh, it's it's. What did people used to say with Battlestar? It was like oh, it's the West Wing in space. No, you can't say right. this. This is friggin' aliens and alien creatures uh, right. in a future verse, uh, dystopic future, um, uh, and the obligatory coal mine and brothel. that everybody's okay that everyone's okay with uh happy valley is not happy but it is a piece of brilliance um do watch it if uh if you can possibly can yeah feed your brain with amazing television that's one of them oh we should put that in a t-shirt write it down put it in your t-shirt feed your brain with amazing television tv chinwag Thank you all. Right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for your um, messages on Twitter, and uh, we'll be back next week. And next week we are doing Vikings, and also the American remake of an English series, Grace Point, uh, which was a remake of Broadchurch, both starring the Eleventh Doctor, David Tennant. 
Should we do the British or the American one? Well, I think we're going to have to do both because I watched the English one first and then I've watched the American one. So I, I can't not talk about uh, the English one. So I, and I, I, I will... I can't. I can't talk about the American one, pretending I haven't seen the English one, because it doesn't work like that. In my okay, opinion. so should we do the English one first then? I think we talk about them both together. Okay. I don't think you. I, I don't know how far I'm going to get with Vikings and. Well, just watch. Broadchurch. Just just watch Grace Point, the American version. Because okay. I'd be interested to okay. know what you think of that, not having seen the English. Oh, okay, sure. I think yeah, I think okay. that would be that would be good because you can't. Yeah, I can't forget that I've seen the English one, so I can't, right. I can't um, objectively talk about the American one because they're very, very similar. <laughs> so gotcha. Um, you bet. So we'll be doing that. Uh, we're online at TV Chinwag on Twitter, tvchinwag.com. Uh, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Review us. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, please go back. We've had a great reaction to last week's um, podcast of Ryan's searing takedown of Scorpion. So if you just want a good <laughs> bit of comedy, if you want to get enraged about bad IT and tech in TV shows, listen to last week's episode on Scorpion because Ryan was on fire. Uh-huh, yeah, thank you. Sorry if I insulted anyone who was a big fan of that show, uh, but you should probably go and die if you were. <laughs> on that All note... All right, Jules, please... th- on that note... Uh, we've been TV Chinwag. Uh, I'm Jules. I'm Ryan. See you later. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin. Thanks for listening to TV Chinwag. <laughs>